This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. We've got Chris Jericho in studio with us for another segment tomorrow night. You can hear from him and Kenny Omega, the Golden Jets. I knew you already knew that, Corey. At College Park Center in Arlington for Dynamite. Final battle, Curtis Colwell Center in Garland on Friday. Collision, Curtis Colwell Center in Garland on Saturday. AEWTix.com if you want to check that out. Thank you very much for being here and for sticking around with us another segment. I got nowhere else to go, so what was I going to do? Awesome. <laughs> I like that. So we got to talk I- trash about Sean Sharif in the break. <laughs> Is the is the elevator a place for conversation or peace and quiet? What is what's your take on that? I think it's just an uncomfortable moment all the way around. So I think just be quiet. Okay, be See, quiet and just stare at the wall. It's yeah. the best way to do it. The t- the thing that's tough about our elevator is this is one of the few floors where you have to scan your badge oh, okay. to get up there. So I always hope that somebody breaks to the left in the elevator, not right. to the right, so I don't have to be like, hey, I'm sorry. But once move? again, it's hard because even if you're the friendliest person in the world, you can't have a conversation in 45 seconds. Right. It's tough. So it's hard. To, you can't get started because they're like, how's your day? Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have a great one. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 I kind of want to be like, do you Where really you care? Yeah. Or... And then that's my point. Like, why do we even want to do this? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a fair point. So speaking about why do you want to do this? I'm intrigued by, you said at 19 years old, you get into wrestling. You want to be a wrestler. Obviously you can do wrestling in high school, but it's a different type of wrestling. What made you kind of in high school, right out of high school go, this is it. This is what I want to do with my life. Um, Jeez, I feel like I'm on Oprah or something here. I'll loan you yeah. one of his yeah. books. Um, you need a blanket. Yeah, I just was I was a fan of wrestling as uh, way before that as a kid and I just thought it'd be really cool to be involved in it. So, it wasn't like right out of high school. It was probably when I was about 13 or 14 years old, I started really thinking about it and not just like, "Oh, I want to be an astronaut." You know, I yeah. want to be an archaeologist. Like I really think I can do this. Like what a cool idea. Um, of, of being in, in, in the wrestling business. So then I started kind of looking as to where could I even train, learn how to do this. And, and I was watching Stampede Wrestling out of Calgary. And at the end of the show, they would always have an address, you know, learn to be a wrestler, Hart Brothers Pro Wrestling. So wow. I wrote a letter and then um, they said, you have to be 18 to go to wrestling school. And I graduated from high school when I was 17 because when I was born. So I had to kill some time. So then I went to college for a couple of years, journalism degree. Um, nice. so I could, so when I was 19, I'd already, I'd already had this whole plan, uh, ready to go. So I was able to kind of think about it for a few years and get all my ducks in a row, so to speak. Yeah. I was just scared to death. Cause I was like watching the great Kabuki and I'm like, I don't know what's in that green mist. He's, he's putting out of his <laughs> poison. mouth, but I want nothing to do with it. A mixture, of, a mixture of poison and sulfuric acid. So be careful. You got to avoid it. Yeah. yeah so it messes up your eyes, man. You guys wear yeah. eye patches from that stuff. I, uh, so I, I've never seen, I've, I've worked with Kevin for a long time and I never see him read a book ever, but every time we travel, <laughs> he, 
he has one of your books. Mm-hmm. And There's enough of those, like 73 of them. Yeah, he's, but he's always, I'm like, hey, dude, you never read. And he's like, yeah, but this, I find this interesting. And so you autograph this one. This is our first item for Peace of Thon next, next year. year. We nice. $88,000 for my possibilities this year. And item number one, thank you very much. So we're on the airplane and he's sitting next to me. We're going to Oxnard, California for Cowboys camp. And he goes, hey, uh, will you will you count for me? And it has your top 10 favorite matches. And I started counting, and there's one, two, three, and I counted 11 matches in here. Yeah. And I was just kind of, I've always been curious about this. Why 11 in your top 10 Wasn't list? there one honorable mention? Uh, doesn't, I don't know, doesn't say honorable. You got to actually read the book, my friend. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> heaven forbid someone do their research and ask a good question oh, around here. You got shot to read. God, I did, didn't I? Yep. Well, there you go. See, you tried to stump me, and you realized, oh, I didn't even bother reading it. That 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 book, by the way, Mike. I think you would get a kick out of okay. this book in particular. Like he has not autobi- this one specifically, though, because it's going to yeah, charity. it's going yeah. to charity. Gotcha. But that one logs every single match wow. in his career. So I, I kept a list of every match that I ever had. Wow. Um, from my very first one, October second, nineteen ninety. Literally wrote it down. I don't even have to do that anymore because they have websites that track that now. But up until I think October of twenty twenty, every match I ever had is in that book. Wow. In chronological order, wow. where it was, who was against, my personal star rating. Your payoff? My payoff for a while. <laughs> wow. Uh, the, the, the crowd. Uh, yeah, all that stuff. Because when I was in wrestling school, um, I asked the trainer how many matches he had. And he said it was a stupid question. And we don't keep track of that stuff. And I remember thinking, I don't think it's a stupid question at all. Because if I want to know how many you know games Wayne Gretzky played yeah. in the NHL, I can go look it up in a book or now it's online. But... Um, you you know that information, and I just thought, how stupid is it that you don't know how many matches you've had, Mr. Wrestling Trainer? You're the stupid one. And I thought, well, I'll just keep a list of every match I ever have, and that's what I did. I used to carry around a little little uh, binder um, and write it down, you know, in pen after every match. I really think that's awesome. You would get a kick out of like progressing his career, yeah. watching all kinds of things, the way they play out. Yeah. It is a super neat book. I would encourage Yeah, when I did to- that, but then I did, like, you know, top 10 matches, and I had people write you know, their favorite Chris Jericho stories, and then I was, like, even, like, my win-loss percentage when I remember, like, if, 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 if like, Bad News Allen, who was one of my mentors, would have found out that I kept track of my win-loss percentage, you would have flipped out because <laughs> you weren't supposed to do that. Don't be a mark. Who cares if you win or lose? And I just thought it was interesting. You know, I've lost way more matches than I've won, by the way, so who cares? Now, it was cool to have that information. I hope this is okay. We were talking about this before the show. Is Corey said, when did you first like start watching Chris Jericho? And I said it was in WCW, and I was not a fan at first. Like Obviously, I went back. I saw Heat Wave 96 and that amazing TV title match and all that great stuff, but... At first, I told him I didn't like you because I didn't think you had a character, and you just came out and were like, "Come on, baby!" Right. Well, and, I didn't. You're right. I didn't have. Oh, a okay. And I just wanted to make sure that was a fair which is, critique. Which is funny because prior to WCW, I was like hated in Japan, one of the top heels in my company there, and adored in Mexico, one of the top baby faces in the country. But when I got to WCW, they didn't really know what what they wanted me to do. So I was kind of neutered, which it took a while to kind of find out what my character was, but it didn't take that long. It took about a year. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of stumbled on to, to the character, but that's when you, when I turned heel. And when, when you're at that position in, in your career, it's always easier to get people to hate you than it is to get them to like you. But they wanted me to be this kind of 
you know, milky white baby face, which in 96, 97, nobody wanted to see anymore. Especially with the NWO having hit that same right. year. Right, and Steve Austin was on yeah. the rise. And, and I knew it, but, I, you know, you got to play the part that the director wants you to play. But once, once I was able to kind of turn heel, then it was easy to find a character because I'd played that character for years, just not on the mainstream, you know, platform. This is kind of maybe a basic wrestling question, but you're awesome on the mic if you go back and you watch what you do. And today, how quick do people know I'm going to need a handler because I just can't sell what's happening here? I mean, I think, you know, it's 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 within you. Like I, in, in high school, I was cutting wrestling promos and in high school, I was playing, you know, Bill Sykes in the musical Oliver, the bad guy, the heel. Um and early on in wrestling camp in 1990 wrestling school, we were doing promos. I could always do it because you just have a personality about you. And some guys, I mean, I went to, to the two of us that kind of made it out of Calgary was Lance Storm and, 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 and myself. And Lance wasn't the talker that I was. He was just a, a freak athlete. One of the greatest athletes I've ever been in the ring with. So from the, uh, from the uh, work side, he picked it up way quicker than I did. But on the personality side, I had it right out of the gate because either you do or you don't. And when you have that kind of, you know, that that personality and that character and that charisma, you just got to continue to hone it and work on it. And what character am I going to play? What is this role that I want to do on the show? And it comes fairly easy if you have that inside of you. If you don't, you're probably never going to have it. You can't force somebody to have a personality. You can find their personality, right. you know, and, and figure out what that might be. And even Lance figured that out years later with, you know, let me be serious for a moment. Um, it just takes some time for, for guys to figure it out. But the most flamboyant, you know, guys like, like that, you know, Shawn Michaels or MJF, Chris Jericho, you, you have that probably from birth. Another thing that changed in the business over the years is you didn't have to have a daytime profession to be a wrestler. There used to be a time where, you had to have sure. a daytime profession. I'm hoping you yeah. can tell everybody listening who's not familiar. Sadly, I remember this character. What was the character of the goon, and did it get pitched to you back in the day to go well, to WWF? Well, there was no, this? there was no really getting pitched. It was yeah, I was working in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and then I had morphed to going to Japan, where I was really doing good there. Uh, and then I got a call from Jim Cornette asking me if I wanted to play one of these characters. They're going to bring in these characters that were like. The way it was pitched to me, they'd be jobbers, but they'll have a gimmick and they'll, you know, they'll get a ring entrance, but you're still going to lose every match. And I was like, well, that doesn't really sound like much. <laughs> it's like, I'll just continue doing what I'm doing, uh, which is, you know, killing it in Japan and Mexico and all that. And he's like, all right, well, you're, it's a good opportunity for you, but I guess we'll just leave it. Leave, leave, leave. I'll mark you with an asterisk. I was like, no, mark me with a no. Like, I'm not doing <laughs> it. <laughs> and I'm not saying that the goon was ever pitched to me, but knowing that I'm Canadian and knowing that, you know, I had worked for yeah. Jimmy where he had this idea of doing penalty box matches. I mean, what, what was I going to be? Salvatore Sincere or the or the TL Hopper, the plumber? No, I'm pretty sure that I would have been earmarked to be the goon. Um, which would have been, you know, the worst thing I could have probably ever done for my career. This is a guy that came to the ring dressed as a hockey player, and his wrestling boots were like molded into looking skates. like hockey skates. Yeah. So his the bottom of his boots had like like a like a wedge instead of a flat surface because it was a skate. And I was like, how the hell can you even walk on, <laughs> on that? Never mind wrestle on it. So yeah, the goon was the one that slipped away for me. 
And the bell would ring, and he would throw his gloves off. Yeah. <laughs> Google it, and you'll yeah. see some some amazing. He had the hockey hair and everything. It was hilarious. I, I think it's interesting where you're talking about earlier. The it's easier when you're younger or at a at a stage to get people to hate you than it is to get always them to love you. at any time. It's always easier to get people to hate you. We had you. a segment called "Are You Better," where Kevin would say whether or not he was better than whoever's birthday it was. Oh, okay. And sometimes you were involved because it was your birthday, right? And uh, and he would Kevin. What was the line that you would? throw out there uh if you were better than somebody better and now it's a calling it card really but we don't even do the segment anymore. <laughs> we don't even, it's like it's we, it's we moved on from it yeah. but it's a catchphrase yes. that stuck around with him for a long time nice nice this is alec medford he's a part-time producer part-time uh radio host extraordinaire nice he and just kind of showed up and kind of you know, i, I plugged in his headphones I, i'm assuming he's supposed to be here yeah, we waved him in you have to show him the picture though that's yeah. He has a picture with you. I know he doesn't maybe look super old now, but then he Thanks. looks even young. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying, right, Alec? Yeah, he uh, he's recently he's recently bulked up uh, and now looks up wow. in his 20s. What, what year is this? Oh, for this, the second book, yeah. This was a uh, 2012. So nice. Um, yeah, I was 11 or 12 back then. This was right down the street at Dallas Market Hall. I waited in line, I think, four or five hours with my dad to get at the front of the line to meet you there. And yeah, that was a core kid. memory. Good looking kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's the thing. That, that's how we talked about the books. There's five, five books. And back in the first two books, maybe the third, you would do extensive book tours at these ancient places called bookstores. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they all started closing down and it all became an online thing. But uh, yeah, that's pretty cool that you, that you were there. Well, Alan- was I nice to you? Yes, you were great because I think you realized that <laughs> we were like for a long time today. Yeah, yeah. I, used yeah to, I used to hate when people would do signings and they wouldn't even look up. There's a couple of guys I can think of in my head. I won't say the names. They would just not even look up. Just sign, pass along, sign, pass along. I never liked that. I'll at least give someone like, hey, what's your name? You know, Joe. Two yeah. Joe, Chris Jericho. Two That's exactly it. what you did in this book. See, look at what is it? Two Joe. Two Alex. Yeah. Yeah. Two Alex. Joe. See, and and then so at least you're you're. you're Giving, asking a question. What's your name? Thanks for coming. Sign it, and at least you get you know your ten seconds with the guy. I mean, that, you know, yeah. when there's five hundred people in line, that's all you can do. But at least you remember it as a positive experience, and that's what I always still try and do. At least give Ronnie James Dio told me give people their moment. You won't remember it, but they'll never forget it. And here's yeah. a perfect example. So thanks to the wise words of, of Dio. Yeah, it was incredible because we waited outdoors. It was freezing cold in January, and my dad woke me up on a Saturday at like 5 in the morning. We got to go. We got to go sit in this line. <laughs> Core memory for us, but I got up there, and the first thing you asked me after you asked my name, we're like, how long were you there? Yeah. Like Because you saw me sitting. I was like, oh, four or five hours, and you're like, for me? <laughs> and I said, yeah, absolutely. And you gave me my moment. I, I keep this book with me. I've read it a few different times. I don't like Corey. And uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it was a great memory. That's and I cool, uh, appreciate you taking the time for that because That's- seriously, I have had some uh, less memorable encounters yeah. with some people like you mentioned. So giving me that moment at 12 years old was pretty cool. There you go. Give everyone the moment. Well, James Dio. At 12 years old, I was a big fan of Carrie Von Erich. I know the movie The Iron Claw is coming out on the 22nd. I, MJF is an executive producer of that. So I wanted, is he? Yeah. Uh-oh. I don't know if that's true or not. It is true. <laughs> okay. You went to the premiere. I did. I did. So I don't, They cut him from the movie. There's so many questions well, here. He's, but that's because he's the producer. He can't do both. If there was a Jericho movie, what would the title be and who would play you? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Uh... uh the story of a dreamer. The story of a full-time dreamer. 
and David St. Hubbins from Spinal Tap would play me. Okay. okay. And then are you, I'm super interested, obviously, growing up as a Brad kid. Brad Pitt would play me. It's called <laughs> the, greatest, the Greatest Man in the World. The, the story of the best person who ever lived. Is something like this because you've lived this guy over here is asking these Barbara Wawa questions. (laughs) If you were a tree, what would you be and why? Did you ever get to wrestle against a Von Eric? I've never met a Von Eric. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I'm I'm not being I'm not being rude or mean, but Von Erichs had such a huge lineage, but they passed away so quickly um, that I think by the time I started in 1990, I think Carrie was still alive, but he passed away maybe 94. Yeah. Uh, so I think tomorrow I'm going to meet Kevin if, at the show. Probably the first time I've ever met a Von. I was saying I've never met a Von Eric before. And his so sons are going to be at the sons are be there as well. Too, yeah. So that that'll be the first time. You got to understand that like, growing up in Canada, yeah. Dallas might as well have been Mars. You know, yeah. grew up in Winnipeg at the time. You know, you read the wrestling magazines and you would read all about the Von Erics, uh, but never had a chance to 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 meet any of Hell, them. Hell, I didn't know the Von Erics went anywhere besides the Sportatorium. Then I found out oh, they're yeah. wrestling all around the world. But. Yeah, everywhere, yeah. That's actually pretty funny. I think world class wrestling world-class championship wrestling was super popular in israel yes like they were like gods in israel for whatever yes. reason the tapes made its way over to there and you know it'd be like the von Erichs would be huge in dallas and tel aviv or whatever it was <laughs> if you get a chance ask kevin about uh the first time we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Over there. All right. And, and, and making eye contact. Because he told us a story that is, Amazing. I mean, out. We were so shocked to hear the right, story. Right, right. It's, it's a very interesting story. So if you get a chance yeah, to I talk will. to Kevin about, I'm gonna try that. and get him on talk as Jericho. So I'll ask him that question if uh, if he does it. And Ross and Ross and Marshall did invite me out to Hawaii uh, to stay at their house once. And they were like, "Yeah, come on out and stay out." Do you think they were being serious, or do you think that was just a nice thing? Yeah, to no, say? you would have showed up at the gate, and they would have had the <laughs> security <laughs> escort you out. So on that note, come on over to my house anytime. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, wait, this is awesome. I really want a video of him getting drug away. <laughs> By security. What's going on? From the 972, I'm taking my kiddo tomorrow night to Dynamite Front Row. We love Jericho. That is that is so awesome. And it's AEWTIX.com if you want to go to the show tomorrow night in Arlington or Final Battle or Collision Friday and Saturday 
at the Colwell Center in Garland. I've been to every single one of y'all's Metroplex shows. It's always a blast. Anything else people should know if maybe they haven't seen AEW in person? What would you tell them? I mean, it's just a blast. It really is a great time. It's 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 a party. That's kind of what we started our, our whole company on. Um, and I think it, I think the, the biggest thing is it's just fun, you know. And, and the shows go by so fast uh, because the matches are always hard hitting. Um, and like I said, we tell great stories. We got we got every every show we do. I feel is like a pay per view, you know. And winter is coming. Like I said, is is a tent pole for us. And tomorrow's gonna be a big show, and I'm excited. I haven't been on the show. For a few weeks because you do an injury angle. I got beat up a few weeks ago, so it'd be kind of cool to go out there and say a few uh, a few pointed barbs at, at Ricky Starks and, and Big Bill. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm happy that I came back in Dallas. I'm happy that we have a whole week of shows here. And Dallas, like I said, it's a great wrestling town. It's a great AEW town. It's a great Chris Jericho town. So we're going to have more evidence of that this week. Man, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate the time. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Jericho, everybody. Coming up next. Better. Better. Oh, wow. oh man, I love that. <laughs> we'll talk Mavs Grizzlies plus the absurd banners and adjustments to the in-season tournament that are on the way. We'll do it next right here on The Fan. That's 11 baskets in the paint in this game. And maybe another one's coming here on the steal of the finish by Dante Exum. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. We're going to talk about the Mavs last night. Maybe need to talk a little bit more about Dante Exum, honestly. And We th- actually need to talk about this. Okay. Uh, Chris Jericho left his trash in our studio, oh, no. and it's just sitting there. He has a water bottle, and it looks like a... You're going to auction it off for my possibilities. <laughs> yes! I was going to ask that question. There's no way anybody out there would bid on Chris Jericho's trash that he left for in the studio after that bucks, awesome right? interview. Uh, uh, a water bottle and a, a energy bar. Eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three. Would you bid on Chris Jericho's garbage that he left in here? Alec uh, will bid on that uh, right now yeah. uh, for Peaceathon next year because Kevin will keep it and uh, and oh, hold yeah. it just. In I've case. already got a stockpile of things. <laughs> and Chris, by the way, you need to save him saying better, Dude, right there. That he was said awesome. You're, he that said is your legendary. Catchphrase. Yeah, that's yeah. legendary right there. So I'm. Hoping that to give you guys your Christmas gift on Friday because okay. obviously their yes. vacation kind of starts. We'll all at some point we'll some, still be here. Somebody yeah, on yeah. this show will be here for sure. out, throughout this whole thing. But I'm really just a little bit of a hint. Uh, Christmas and better is your hint for your Christmas present. Oh, wow. Okay, because oh. I really like the gift I got you. Is I wanted to start and we'll get to the in season tournament because I want to talk about that a little bit more as well. But I want to specifically talk, if we can, about Dante Exum. Is I realize big night from Lively, the Mavericks shorthanded, have some injuries to deal with. They get the win. But what have you thought about the play of Dante Exum? Because I I know they're not doing the same thing by any means, but he's reminding me of Derek Jones Jr., at least in the last bunch of games of, did you maybe find something out of nothing? So Mark Cuban, I'm not going to give him all the credit here, but he's always talked about fallen angels, and that's higher draft picks that just stunk it up the first four or five years of their career. Brandon Wright didn't, like, destroy the Dallas. Like, he wasn't great for the Dallas Mavericks, but he was a dude who looked like he was done in the NBA. Dante Exum, 
done in the NBA. Obviously wasn't playing in the NBA last year. But the Mavericks have found a role for him. So one, I give Dante Exum a lot of credit for not giving up on his career and saying, hey, I'm going to try to figure out how to get back into the NBA. And then two, whatever scout it was that saw him playing overseas. Good on them. And said, I think he can help out the Mavericks because he fits what we need. And he is a guy who is working his tail off on defense and has some offensive game. And can I tell you, that's the part that is so surprising to me because I knew he could play some defense. And I just assume that's why they were bringing him in. But he has shown flashes on offense that I did not expect at all. Is it is it three straight or four straight games now that he's been in the starting lineup with them? I think, I it's, think it's three, three. Okay. and they've won those three straight. And it, I, I, it is just yeah. a, it's a, a body with length. Uh, he also has the ability to do yeah. some of this, some similar things to Luca. I'm not saying any by any means that he is Luca, but he can do some similar things. And like you said, he's given that effort on defense. I think when you get that to start the game, you have a pretty good, you have a pretty good lengthy team. I'm going to take out Omex Prosper because right now his assist to turnover ratio is eight to, you know, is an eight assist ratio right. which means like he doesn't turn over the ball but omax is not making any difficult passes right but he is right now leading the team if you take out qualifying uh if you look at luka Doncic, now he's going to turn the ball over a lot because he has the ball in his hands a lot 2.2 turn uh, assist to turnover ratio so for every if trying to explain this basically would you say 2.2 assists for every turnover yes. he has. Yes. It's the basic way to say it. Kyrie Irving, much better, but doesn't have the ball in his hands as much as Luka, 3.8. The more volume you have, the more likely it'll be that that ratio will drop. Though Dun- not always. Dante Exum, a lot of the times on the court, is playing kind of a backup point guard role, is 4.9 assist to turnover ratio. Wow. So he is doing a great job of – he's not making the most difficult passes – but he's not turning over the ball. He has the ball in his hands at times and is making good decisions, and the ball is staying with the Dallas Mavericks when he makes a pass. And plus, does he not fundamentally address an issue we had last year? How many people on this team can dribble up the court and pass a the ball? A lot more. Yes, yes. A lot more than last year. Last year, after trading Spencer Dinwiddie, you had two, a maximum of two, and that would be Kyrie, Kyrie and, and Luca, and that was it. And honestly, before that, you only had two. You had Dinwiddie, who wasn't as good at it as obviously Luca or Kyrie, and that was it. It was a weird way to 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 put a team together. They intentionally said we want nobody to be able to dribble and pass a basketball except for Luca. I was like, that doesn't make sense, and obviously, it didn't. Dante Exum fills a role. I have a buddy of mine who doesn't watch a lot of Mavericks, but does like the Mavericks, and he's like. Not a big fan of Dante Exum. And I said, well, he's doing what is needed on this team. For example, Jaden Hardy last night had a great game. Jaden Hardy's not a point guard. I don't know if he'll yes. develop into one at all or not, but he's a horrible ball handler, decision maker, but a good scorer and a good potential player in the NBA. But Dante Exum fits the role that the Mavericks need as a backup guard on this team. I don't want to say perfectly, but very well. Is... So, and this seems to have really taken hold with Exum and with Prosper since the start of the month. So, you're only talking about, like, a couple of weeks and a handful of games. But it does seem like starting once the in-season tournament was over, 
and I'm not saying that's the reason why, yeah. but like that seemed to be the inflection point of when they've made a couple of adjustments here. Isn't and, it major? Would you say more major injury? Not major as in guys are out for the year, but injury. Grant is kind Williams of, and Kyrie. Yeah, no. And Tim Hardaway Jr. And true. now Josh Green is out. And See, so it's kind of given opportunity here. And that is one of the, look, in most cases, injury is obviously a terrible thing. Yeah. W- Dwight Powell's good at injuring his once, own team. I know, I know. Once in a while, though, you do get to see how much more usable depth you have than you thought. Yeah, that 20, 20 game window does that change things? You know, you get about was it a was it a Nico that said I need to see about twenty games yeah, early on in the first. year? Yeah, and you get that, and you say, okay, let's make a slight adjustment here and here to these minutes and see how things go. And if they take advantage of the minutes, keep playing them, ride the hot yeah. hand. Yeah, it'll be interesting. If this team gets completely healthy, and I don't know when that can happen. I mean, Dwight Powell can ruin things by jumping on somebody <laughs> I else's. Know. I but at least the injury wasn't worse. When I first yeah. saw it, I thought, oh, crap. I just wonder if Dwight Powell feels bad that once a year he injures one of his players for weeks. Um, <laughs> when God, they get, Mike. He does. I know, it's, Mike. I mean, why, why, did, why did Luka miss three games against the Utah Jazz in the playoffs? Who hurt him? Was it a Utah Jazz that hurt him? No. Because I think it was Dwight it was Powell who hurt Utah him. Utah Jazz that hurt him. It was his own teammate. <laughs> okay, getting away from that point, because we all love Dwight Powell. What a great guy. Um, when they do get Grant Williams, Josh Green, and Tim Hardaway Jr. healthy, and Derek Jones Jr. just recently yep. had to miss time. When those four guys are healthy, what happens to Dante Exum? What happens to Omak? Because to your point, Dante Exum, your point, Kevin, and then uh, to your point, uh, Corey, kind of uh, Omax Prosper, like they look like they can give you 10 to 20 minutes a night. But And then, honestly, Maxi Kleba hasn't played this year. And that's why I see more of a path for Omax potentially is, you know, I, I know he can obviously swing a lot, but I, I'd be curious, play the swing position. I'd be curious if they could evolve the role in which they're using yes. him just a little bit. There, there's also there before the before this season's over. There will be another move uh, before before the, they get the to playoffs. There's going to be a move that puts somebody else moves somebody somewhere, moves somebody into the Mavericks fold, and that's where that's where we really yeah. got to dive in on that group after that. To your point, last night, if you're watching that game, if you're a scout for the Chicago Bulls or you you know, you name the team, a crap team that's not going anywhere, Detroit Pistons. You watch a guy like uh Jaden uh Hardy uh and you watch a guy like Omax and you go, "Wait a second. They're not going to play on the Dallas Mavericks this yeah. year. But most likely when they're healthy, those guys are going to watch the basketball games." We could use those guys. Like, is there a veteran guy that they want where we can kind of – that guy can play 20 to 24 minutes on our team every night. And I'm not saying the Mavs should trade those guys. I'm not suggesting that right now. But what I'm saying is, is right other teams, when those minutes become available through opportunity, through injury, then you look at those guys and go, hey, they can play in this league. They're just on a team that, especially at guard, that – 90% of the minutes are eaten up by the two guys, Luca and Kyrie, when Dwight Powell isn't jumping on him and trying to hurt him oh by accident. <laughs> so I want to pivot just a little bit here. You're right. Is yeah. from the. If Dwight would just pivot and start uh, yes, jumping on Yes, I'm aware, knees. Mike, from okay. the 210. Do y'all realize the fans know zero about the in season tourney and don't really care? I don't believe that is the case anymore. I, I agree. That it's not as big of a deal as the NBA has tried to make it. Like, is is this fundamental changing thing and everything like that? 
And I do think it's ridiculous that the Lakers said they're going to hang a banner for this. Oh, hey, do you want to play this? Yeah, do you want to play now? Let's do it. All right, so, Mike, this is what Kobe Bryant had to say about the Lakers. Actually, this is... This is you know not what? new audio. This is what Kobe Bryant had to say about them hanging a banner in their in in the the arena. You know, this franchise does not hang division banners. <laughs> it does not hang conference championships. <laughs> we hang one banner and one banner only, and that's NBA titles. Right. So you have to start there. You have to understand that that's what this is. And you may not like it. You may think it sucks. You may think it's not great sportsmanship. Get over it. It is what it is. It's a city of champions for a reason. And that is Duncanville. That's from <laughs> I knew right when I heard that I was like Mike's gonna go Duncanville. Uh, the but that's uh, the backstage Lakers backstage interviews with Kobe Bryant, yeah. you know, previously. But that is a very solid point. That that's what that 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 team has always been known for, and now they've changed their way because the NBA said we're con- we're instituting this new thing. They did say they were gonna hang one banner, and if they win again in the future, just add it to yeah. the same banner. But to the point about people not caring, I was with you at, not with you, but I, I was with that line of thinking at the beginning, but the numbers are saying different things. So you take out outside of Christmas and the playoffs, this was the highest, Saturday night was the highest rated NBA game in six years. I couldn't watch it because Channel 8 was blocked, blacked <laughs> out for DirecTV. And I do wonder if it being Pacers-Lakers, how big of an impact that was. Because if it was Pacers-Grizzlies, would it have just died? Yeah, it would have been dead. Yeah, LeBron and Lakers sells everything. And so... That's why the NBA has refs that are crooked, because the league tells them, we need this... Not saying that they're going to allow the Lakers to make the NBA Finals, but there's a reason they sway the game to the superstars and everything, especially in the NBA. They saw... They saw what Magic and Larry did for the league, and then Michael Jordan carried it on. They're like, oh, my gosh. If we can kind of help out these types of players, it makes our product better. They've been comparing broadcast window over broadcast window year over year. The in-season tournament games for the same NBA windows last year, they're up 26%. For the final, it was up 45% from a year before when it was Celtics-Warriors in an NBA Finals rematch. And so I get that the Lakers are a big part of that, but it does seem like there is a contingent out there that cares. I personally don't care, but there is a contingent of people out there that do care. Yeah, I'm, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who they are, but they, but they, they exist. Did. Yeah. By the way, I'll, I'll tell you maybe a little bit later, we'll figure out a way to wedge this in, is they're talking about changing up the in-season tournament to include a playoff factor in it going So this forward. in-season tournament is, to some people is what the XFL is to our friend Carter. Oh, I could see it's that. It's very meaningful, very Live important. Live or die. But yeah, for I me could, and Mike, I could it's see like, that. all right, it happened. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, it's time for Gridiron Gravy Double Monday Night Football Updates. Or excuse me, Upsets next on The Fan. At the three and a half. Second down. Give Henry Turning the left side, diving, touchdown, tight though. Derrick Henry has knotted the count with 149 to go. And they would, of course, go on to win that game. We're going to talk about 
some double Monday night football as we go around the entire NFL and dip into some gridiron gravy. Dip. I have no clue who's good in the AFC. Okay. We will, I promise, we'll get back to that on just one sec, in okay. just one second. But Justin Herbert is, in fact, having season-ending surgery to repair his fractured finger. It was really weird that, or like... to get away from Kellen Moore's offense. Yeah, this is the best offense he's ever played, and all the numbers suggest it's the greatest ever, as wow. he scored six points the week before and got seven this week. Did it end up just being seven? I stopped following the score when it was like, I thought they were going to score zero. I was going to text Bobby. I was like, they've scored six points in two straight games, but then they got Man. seven. And I, I'm was not that a with Kellen Herbert Moore. or without? Most of it was with Herbert. Yeah. At least the majority was. But, like, I, I'm not a Kellen Moore hater either. I think he's a good offensive coordinator. But I do feel like some people have built him up to be, like, maybe more than he should have. He should have. He Moore, should yeah. have done more this year with Justin Herbert. But part of that's also on Justin Herbert. Absolutely. There was discussion that I didn't. I thought there I was going to interrupt. I thought that there was going to be more to that. Is there? There was discussion that he was going to have surgery, and then of course he was ruled out for Thursday night football. And I thought, well, sure. But now he is going to be out for the rest of the season. Let's go to. Do you want Titans Dolphins first then? Or Giants-Packers? I think that was a bigger upset, the Titans beating the Dolphins at home. Agreed. And it was 28-27. to 27. Throws the Dolphins into some chaos right there. Great for the Ravens. Corey, I'm assuming you kind of watched that game. Didn't you assume when they, with about five minutes to go approximately, maybe a hair under five minutes, when they made it 27-13, to 13, you're like, all right, this makes sense. At the end, they're going to win by at least a touchdown or more. Yes, I did think that that and was going to happen. You couldn't play worse football for four minutes and change than what the Dolphins did. Yeah, and the the Tyreek Hill story is still fascinating to me about what happened last night. Kevin is, I he was missing, and I'm playing Giafalo in fantasy, and uh. he has Tyreek Hill, and so I'm like, oh man, that's the only thing that could bust this up, uh, bust this up for me. And he's just not there at all. And I'm like, what's well, going on? It was because he needed to show that he was the MVP by sitting out for a half. That is an interesting theory. I Have don't you, know. You I like what you're saying there, but I feel like Dak is Dak is doing everything possible to be the MVP of the 2023 season. But he's also getting some help from candidates dropping off the face of the earth in the last two weeks. Now, you can also attribute it to... This is the exchange that Tyreek Hill said he had with his wife. He said, when it first happened, my reaction was my ankle is gone. My adrenaline kicked in. I ran off the field. I sat for a while. I got stiff, and I got a lot, got through a lot of pain. Then I just made up my mind. I came in at halftime, texted my wife, and I was like, this S hurts, and I needed an ankle massage tonight. And she's like, you better get your ass back in that game, dog. And I was like, all right. Mm-hmm. So, And it sounded like that massage from her was hey. contingent on him getting back in the game. Let's add this to it, though, Kevin, that part where he said, so I just made my mind that it's going to hurt, it's going to suck tonight and tomorrow morning. I just went back in the game on my own. I don't know if you heard the audio from the Seahawks game of Dak Prescott, and they're on like the 10-yard line or something, and Dak's talking to his offensive line. He's like, I know you're tired. <laughs> I know you guys are worn out. I know y'all here, but I'm here with you. I'm I'm this. I'm that. He's he's going. He's telling the guys. I know it hurts right now, but we got to get this, and we're about to get this. That's why that could win MVP. 
that 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 right there, that leadership quality that everybody talks about all the time, and then he delivers. Yep. So this is a good moment for Tyreek Hill to say, okay, I got to get back out there. But that that's that quality that it takes, Mike. You were just talking about it in sports and athletics. There's something that drives you even deeper and further in that next place. And is it you telling yourself that, or is it somebody else? And it's Dak. Dak's the voice in everybody's head on this team. I agree. Is the that woman that Tyree Kill's married to, is it the same woman like four years ago that looked like it was going to end Tyree Kill's career? I do not know. Oh, I'm not sure about that's that. That's what either. I was wondering, because what was the quote from his wife? You better get your ass back in that game, dog. That doesn't sound loving. <laughs> maybe that's how he needs to be motivated, though. Yeah, maybe I so. I don't know. And maybe that was like his his uh, remembrance of how she said it, but maybe that was how it yeah. I didn't see the text. I'm sorry, but I just know like that's... when that quote came out, I was like, is this the same one that they have issues or they did have issues with like four years ago as they might have been talking Ooh, to each other? Okay. One? It said he was previously engaged to Crystal Espinal, and this is a different person. Okay. This is the sister of Kenny Vaccaro, is okay. who he's married to. So, and then my fact. next question, because you asked a question last week that we both said yes to, and now after 61 yards in that game might be no to, it's the 2,000-yard yep. uh, situation. Yep. Do you have the math on that after only getting 60 yards or 61 yards I last night? We'll do that math super He quick. has 1,542, okay. and he has four games left. So you, He can do it. He can, I mean, it's less than 500 yards. He's still on pace for 2,016 yards. I say under now. You think he doesn't get it? Because he has an ankle situation. I think, I think he gets it against the Cowboys. Oh. I'm not saying they win, but I think that he gets big yards against the Cowboys. Uh, and because he's a tough cover, man. I understand, but what I don't know. Like, his part of his thing is not only running fast, but being able to cut on yeah. a dime. And I don't think with that ankle, he's going to be able to maybe get the look. He's probably going to still have 1,900 yards, but now at this point, I'm like. Man, if I would have made that bet, I'd be feeling bad because he's going to play the next three to four weeks on an ankle that's not 100%. They do have, okay, they have, okay, maybe not the Cowboys, Kevin, because they have the Jets. Because that's in like two weeks, They have the right? Jets next, and the, so he would need like 200 yards a oh game. Oh, But I still think in, in three games, they haven't clinched. By CJ the time they, Stroud threw for three yards against the Jets. <laughs> by the time they get to uh, by the time they get to the Bills, which is their final game, I think he'll, he'll, he'll have God, gotten how it. that game was the game of the week at noon. I was like, God. Can we get off this game? And since you brought it up, C.J. Stroud did, in fact, go into the concussion protocol after getting knocked out of the game in the 30-6 to loss. Now we're going to talk about the Penguin, the huh? Jets. Say it again? Danny DeVito. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's go to cut number five. It is Tommy DeVito. He's come out of that couch fully naked and ready to it's go. It's not that same Danny DeVito. This is the part where you play cut number five. DeVito calls signals and takes the snap. Back to throw. Looks to his right. Rolls to his right. Looking for someone on cover. Throws to the end zone. Touchdown, Giants! Isaiah Hodgins made the catch. Got the feet in. What a throw by DeVito. And Tommy does the Italian thing. Now, <laughs> the Italian what did he thing. do? Like eating? I, what, what, what's the Italian Oh, the Italian yeah. thing. It's the don't feed the goats. I taught my kid this yesterday at dinner. Oh, my God. I don't know if you can do that on the Which is remarkably yes, similar to the sign for thank you, mm -hmm. which is kind of weird. Which is the opposite of thank you. You've seen his agent. I think you is part of it. 
So that that is true. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> I really appreciate that. You're doing great work. Is yes, I saw his agent. I don't know how to appropriately describe it because people are circulating pictures. Tommy DeVito's agent looks exactly like you would think he does. Yeah, somebody said that if like you Tony if Soprano? you typed into AI generator Tommy DeVito's agent, this is what would pop out. Now and he does. Here, I know this is a very specific stat, but it is pretty amazing. Look it up real quick, Mike. It's it's dead on. Right. Since QB stats were first tracked in 1950. Danny DeVito's agent. No, only one quarterback has completed 80% of his passes in a game while also rushing for 70-plus yards, committing no, no turnovers, and taking no sacks. That one quarterback that. is Tommy DeVito. Oh, okay. Forget about it. Forget about it. He was the worst quarterback I've ever seen in my life that first half against the Cowboys. And I thought then, now I've he's going to s- upset the Eagles. And now you're like, maybe he Dude. will with his agent who is calling in a hit. <laughs> and <laughs> it does look like what you would think, right? Take out Daniel Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and their defense, there were moment, man, I will tell you this. Matt LaFleur looked furious at times last night with his Packers. The Jordan Love didn't look great on a lot of throws. There were moments late. It was late in the first half. Hey, I need you to get out of bounds. The guy who gets the ball decides, you know what? I think I'm going to tear up field here. I'm going to go take this on. And LaFleur's going in. I think it was Patrick Taylor at the time. So there were moments where they just looked bad in communication. And the New York defense was pretty stout against them last night, too. So this is for maybe tomorrow to tease. Because I was watching NFL Network on Sunday some. During the game, because I was like, I can't watch this Jets-Houston game. As much as I want to watch Stroud, this is horrible. Let me try to get more Jacksonville stuff in me. And uh, unfortunately, that didn't work out well. Yeah. Um, but he said one of the guys that came on at 3 o'clock as they kind of change people, as, you know, the, the games change, he said, I think we're learning a lot more about the NFL this week. And and I was like, after this now Monday night football games are over, I'm like, I know less, less about these yeah. teams than I ever did. I have no clue what's happening in this NFL, except San Francisco and Dallas are awesome. The rest, I don't know. Is And what's crazy about that is the Packers and LaFleur had won 16 games in a row in December. Going back to 2019 was the last December loss for the Packers. And so... This one clearly hurts a lot. Obviously, we hope the Giants are on the upswing and can pull off an upset for the Cowboys' benefit. A couple more notes for you is Drake May declared for the NFL draft and will not go through his bowl game. And Justin Jefferson is considered day-to-day after his chest injury, which requires hospitalization. They say they think he's on track to play this weekend. Just take the rest of the season off. Enjoy, Enjoy being alive. We're the KNC masterpiece. Everybody enjoy being alive, not just one person. Fair enough. Valid. Coming up next <laughs> is Dak Prescott, the same QB that he was before. 877-881-1053. We will do that next right here on The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.